Momentum Volleyball is the online Canadian hub for volleyball storytelling, reporting, and event coverage, allowing content creators to connect with fans, coaches, and players. Momentum is the hub for athletes, coaches, and fans to find free and paid volleyball content, and we are proud to be the voice of Canadian volleyball around the world. Head to MomentumVolleyball.ca to subscribe for free and get access to exclusive content and all your Canadian volleyball updates. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel, as always. And today, it's just the two of us, Josh. We absolutely blew it 100%. I take full responsibility. We have no guests today, but don't go away. We're going to have what I think is going to be a really fun show today with just Josh and I. We're going to take a look back, Josh, because it's been a while. We've been doing this for a while now. What episode number is this? I think we're on 38 of Sharp Cuts. 38 episodes. So it's been a while now. We've had a few different eras, right? We had the Yes Guy YouTube era. You had the, you know, Passing Dimes, that whole thing. So now we have our own Sharp Cuts Volleyball YouTube channel. People have commented. So the last kind of five, six months has been a solid chunk for us. So we're going to take a look back and do a few things because this is Sharp Cuts after all. So we got to do these things. Decide who the best and worst guests have been. We have to do it. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be sharp cuts if we didn't do that. We've got to re revisit some of the sharpest cuts that we've heard and seen on the show and hopefully get some feedback from our viewers to maybe resolve them once and for all, if that's even possible. And we're going to try to cover some actual moments that were good content that happened on this show. It is so rare. We're giving it its own segment. <laughs> Josh, are you ready? <laughs> I hope so. I think I'm going to be reminded of stuff. But uh, I, as you're explaining these, I, I'm the ones that I'm emotionally attached to. I, I have some answers right off the bat and we'll see if it progresses when I hear some of your answers as well. OK, we probably have a, few, a bit of overlap here, but uh, I had a bit more time to prepare because it's just kind of how I do things. I prepare things and then Saki, whoever I'm on the call with. So Josh is getting that firsthand today. Um, so we're going to start off with some of the sharpest Cuts, though, because we want your input. We want you to go Sharp Cuts YouTube channel, Sharp Cuts Volleyball. Hit us up there. Subscribe if you haven't already and comment down below your opinion on some of these because we need to find some resolution, Josh. So I don't know. Should you start? Should I start? I, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll start because okay. this one, I, it came to mind really easily. All right. You go ahead. What's what's up? What are we trying to solve first? So I, I went back uh, for sharpest cuts. I found the show number. So it was uh, episode 23 with Josh Binstock, yourself and I. And the reason this one comes to mind is because, Garrett, I've I've shown this at practice with our guys two times a week. We do a little pre-meeting. We show some video. And you absolutely went off after the Olympics. Me? When both, I went off? Yes. <laughs> oh, it, it was your sharpest cut. Uh, you went off after the Olympics when our when our teams, we all finished fifth. The men's indoor, both women's beach teams, we took a fifth. And we were just talking about like, oh, like, you know, sometimes you're just in it and it's a flip of the coin and you know things don't go our way and you're like no like you should know what to say in that moment you can control your attitude your effort like this is the what you prepare for it was that moment and we didn't deliver and i thought it was just such an interesting conversation because i i, I love our teams and i kind of sat on the fence and i was like oh you know they tried like good job where you're like no you saw through like just the good job and the canadian part of it and you're like no you got to the real issue and it was so well spoken that like i said i've shown it to our next gen guys about like you should prepare for that moment it's going to be hard you should expect it like you, you got to deliver like that's why we do the training that's why we do the mental stuff and it was just a good way for you to kind of cut through the fluff and give me a true sharp cut perspective that i'm still using with teams today like i said so you you take that clip and you show it to people 
and we talk about it at practice like this is that moment so like garrett we're practicing in december there's no competitions coming up but we are preparing for that moment and i think it just helps you connect to training a little bit more amazing josh i'm honored now i'm not sure how the fans are thinking about that though because you're right <laughs> it, it does sound like a sharp cut and whenever people people t- tell me this all the time oh you said this one time and i go what i have no recollection of saying that but it sounds like me. So I, you know, I got to believe it. But in this case, it, it's true. There is kind of two sides to that. It's like, hey, should we be prepared for every situation that we're going to be in or as many as we can so that when we get in that moment, we're at least ready. If we don't deliver, we know why. Or, and we got this a little bit from the TJ episode as well a, way, a while back where it was like, no, we want to give ourselves the best chance to play well in the moment and see where it goes because it's such a big moment. Everyone's so competitive. We got to give ourselves the best chance in that moment. I ascribe to the first one, but I'm curious what our fans think. Comment down below. Which side of that would you fall on? Josh, it sounds like you're you're with me on this. I think it just happens so fast that I think you need to be dialed in. You need to be prepared where I think the second one, you risk going through the motions or feeling out the match or like people think you should be patient. It's like, no, like as Marquis said on the show too, like it's the Olympics. You're not sidestepping that moment. So let's face it head on. Let's prepare for it. Let's, let's talk about it and let, let's deliver when we're in that moment versus like, Oh, we'll, we'll wait and see, you know, we'll see what the score does. Or like, maybe it's one good call or one bad call against us. It's, that's going to change our, our state of mind versus like, no, this, this is what it's all about. I want to be in those tough moments. I want to deliver in those tough moments. So like, let's, let's face it. Okay. You know, thanks Josh for starting off the episode with a sharp cut that we actually both agree on. I mean, it's a great start for unity <laughs> for this episode. Pay attention that I said that now a few minutes in the episode, check in with us down the road at the end of the episode <laughs> and see if we're still on the same page. So my first sharp cut <laughs> that uh, we never got really any sort of input on, but it came to mind was one of the early episodes where we were going to have my biological father, John May, on with Marquise. And we were going to have them both on and talk about the Olympics that were coming up. That was kind of the idea in advance. Mark was going to be doing the commentary. We were going to kind of have this great episode. And because of an emergency boat trip, my biological father was unable to make the episode. And that was the sharpest cut or a sharp cut on the show, like an absolute (laughs) snubbing by my biological father to miss the show. I wonder what if if our fans have any thoughts on that. I know I'm still bitter about it. And even so, I'm bringing it up four months later, Josh. It's hard for me to be upset because he's such a reoccurring guest that I feel like he's made up for it. But yeah, that one hurt a little bit where you called to remind him like, hey, we're, we're on the air. And he's just like, I'm not making it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I call, he's like, yeah, I'm on a boat right now. Dang it. Now, we did have him on the very next episode, and he also made a great sharp cut at Mark, saying that he knew Mark wouldn't let anybody else talk, and he, Mark has no <laughs> idea what he's talking about, so that's why he actually missed. And I thought, okay, if you're going to miss, at least miss and then come back in with a sharp cut, which I appreciated. <laughs> One of our most viewed Instagram videos was Mark explaining when he really connected with your father and he beat him at that tournament. And when he packed him and he said, it's like one of those really stiff, like uppercuts where you just get him and he collapses. That was, that was maybe one of our first uh, true bumps in the sharp cuts era of like getting people to share a video and watch it and have a few laughs. So, I mean, th- those two have probably more stories they can share in the future, but that, that was a good moment for me just letting those guys talk and just observe uh, the relationship over the years. Okay. We better get moving here because I realized we have so many sharp cuts to get through 
through. And we still got to get through our best <laughs> and worst guests and actually good content. Because, again, we're, we, we, we're, we're going to get there. There is some, I promise. <laughs> so I'll move right on. So revisiting an episode we had where we talked about it was spurred on by Team Japan beating Team Canada. We were talking about height and identifying young athletes. And we had Logan Mend on the show. And it was a sharp cut that I delivered to Logan. And I found the clip where we were talking about how talent travels and how if you're the best, you will rise to the top. And then Logan was saying how, oh, you can't teach height. And we immediately <laughs> jumped all over and said, hey, what are you talking about? You can't have both of those things. Like, oh, yeah, you can't teach height. But talent does travel like which is it right those are kind of on opposite sides i'm curious if you have a strong opinion on that comment down below let us know your thoughts which side on that you fall i, I knew this would happen where you say something it reminds me of another one because uh in the logan episode he also talked about how you know having a parent coach you and you don't get special treatment but then he mentioned that his dad was harder on him and we're both like well that's special treatment because you got more than the other guys that <laughs> is the definition of special treatment even though you're like well he was harder on me than the other guys like, like exactly <laughs> Uh, we got to have Logan back. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll revisit this conversation when we get down to best and worst guests and see where that actually affects his placing, if at all. Um, I'm on a bit of a roll with sharp cuts by me. I think, Josh, you need to get a little bit meaner on the show. I'm the one laying all these dumbass comments. But another one was, and this is a less viewed episode, when we had uh, Becky Pavin on the show and we drafted our fantasy volleyball team. So from any character or thing from any fictional show or TV or movie or whatever, ever. And I only told you guys the rules right before we started. So I totally hustled both of you. And I think my team ended up being way, way stronger and I think Becky was a little bit bitter about it too because she picked real volleyball players off the bat yeah you suckered us by giving us the early picks and then I believe you picked third which was the last in our draft but then you took God and I think that one just shuffled the deck right away where Becky and I were like we didn't understand the rules yeah. properly yeah absolutely yeah it's true not only did I not tell you the rules I picked last like I gave myself last pick to wait to watch you both make a dumbass pick and then bury you with God. Was God my first pick? I believe so. I check back at the listeners and let me know, but I, I think I'm still upset about it. And I think you picked God. You're and still then, bitter about it too. So there was definitely a sharp cut of you're still bitter about it. Becky being a teacher and an educator, she explained that like how that wasn't allowed and it's all, all this stuff. But uh, yeah, I just wasn't on board with that one. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, comment down below if you were on board with that one, please. I need somebody on my side for that. Josh, I think did you I have, have had two, two sharp cuts because I feel bad after when I make these comments. You've had here, sharp cuts? I, I think two come to mind where I actually feel bad for putting this out on the internet and I feel bad that I said it. But uh, one was the Simone episode where I just didn't think it was a big deal that Carl Comprey won the MVP because he was like 37 <laughs> years old. But uh, I felt bad after because Carl was a great player and he's so fun to watch. But I, 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 I totally thought, forgot about that. You did not. Sorry, but not only did you bury Carl, the the very episode before that you buried the entire eastern province <laughs> yeah. in canada like you're I like oh they don't matter <laughs> <laughs> so you you yeah that's a double whammy week after week there for the quebec province by you i felt bad about that one and i still do because they're, they're lovely people and it's a good league i just i think when it comes down to it the sage thing's an advantage and we could clear this up by giving everybody like the the sage rules for ccaa and esports but the but the other one that comes to mind carrot uh was when we had zane grossinger on the show and we're talking about an oua versus can west because we already eliminated the rcq we did. the us from the game but well, then you guys did i i had their backs <laughs> a bit you guys did 
So that was another sharp cut. But then I forget if it was you who started it, but I totally ran with it about like, no, 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 no. We're not talking first team versus first team. We're talking like our first team versus their like third team. And where <laughs> is the line? I felt bad after because I love watching OUA volleyball. I, I know a lot of the players and the coaches in the league, but I'm telling you right now, head to head, ones to ones, it's not even close. I think it's Canada West three versus OUA one for it to be competitive, to be a match. So you still feel bad about that though. Like you think, that, oh, yeah. like you think OUA is, is feeling upset because Josh Nickel thinks that. I just don't want to make enemies by having an opinion here, Gary, but sometimes <laughs> you just got to be truthful about these things. You got to tell people how you feel. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we were all kind of in agreement on that one, though. Like even Zane even was like, Zane. yeah, he's like, mm, I'm, I'm hoping he's like, I'm hoping to be on that team if it's ever made. But still, I don't think it's going to work. So, yeah, I'm not sure how sharp of a cut that one actually is in reality, though. It might just piss a few people off. Fair. Which fair. I mean, I'm about because. This next one, I we actually never settled and is still, I think, going to be I'm bringing it up. I'm already I bet it's a hotly contested one was when we were talking with a few different people. We talked about it with James Battison on his episode and we talked about it again, I think, with somebody else. I can't remember who, but the best Canadian female volleyball player of all time is, is a tough Tough argument at this point, or at least it seemed like when we were talking about it. I was on the bandwagon for Sarah Pavin, and I think you and Batty were on the bandwagon for Melissa, um, I think, at the time. So, I mean, that's a tough argument. Heather was thrown in there. There was a lot of different different opinions there. Yeah, and I've thought about it since, Garrett, and your your comment there about – what Sarah has accomplished and I think what she brings to the team is, is I think Melissa, she does all the skills really well. She's won everything. Like she, she looks the part, she's everything you want a volleyball player to be, but Sarah just does two or three things better than anybody else on the planet. So you kind of like give her the bump a little bit, right? Yeah, just keep talking, Josh. I'm actually uh, just distracted by a little uh, emergency at home here. Nothing serious though, you know, so just, uh, our viewers will see me step out of frame for a second, but I'm back. You know, this is the kind of thing. Remember when I said earlier about actual good content? We're still not there yet. We're still waiting for yeah, that moment. Yeah. I missed what you said. Like it is, I think it is a hotly contested sharp cut who the best female player in Canada is. It's just not clear because it, it's dependent really on your opinion because Sarah, it does some very unique things. Like I said, where Melissa does every skill at a super high level that if you were teaching a little kid, you're like, oh, you got to do this like Melissa, where Sarah's the one. If you need a point here or there, that's going to be the difference. She's the one who manufactures it, right? Yeah. And I while I don't agree on the with you on the actual result, I think we can both agree that it is a fair argument. That it's not like we think the other person's a complete idiot for thinking the opposite thing. We just happen to disagree on that. Now, I don't know if there's anything actually that we cannot believe that somebody thinks. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Maybe we'll get to it though. But please comment down below your thoughts. Who is Canada's best beach volleyball player for the women on the women's side? I mean, or on the men, like both, like total. Who's the best right now or ever? Like we didn't solve it. We want to hear from you. Well, I think we're pretty lucky to have the guests we have because they're all pretty high in the emotional intelligence so they can disagree and be polite about it and they never really insult my intelligence. But every once in a while, I feel like your dad is just taking a stab for no reason. We're like, I think we were talking about the Olympics and I think I brought up USA women and he just like cut me off and said, he's like, oh, I I didn't really see them like do that well. Like they they won. But on the guy's side, I didn't see them in the semifinals. Were they even there? Like he kind of just layers it on an extra thick being like USA and Brazil. Like I I, I think April and Alex 
did well. But other than that, like, were they even at the tournament? Like, and he says comments like this to kind of just just cut you a little deep, Gary, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I I aspire to learn from that for sharp cuts. I mean, it is the channel. If you want to cut deep, you need a sharp cut. But the way he says those comments, it's not articulate. It's like, no, this is fact, which really just hits you like. Oh, is that true? Like, it must be. You said it so matter-of-factly, but it doesn't sound quite right all the time. <laughs> it's exactly that. <laughs> so I did have a few sharp cuts from, from comments and from our guests. Now, the first one was Derek Dedman, who, Derek, we appreciate you. Thanks for the swag. But was chirping my crazy rule change suggestions said that we've got to keep Garrett away from any FIVB rule discussion rooms or whatever. And you know what, Derek, as much as we respect you, you can get that kind of garbage comment out of here. Okay. It's not what we appreciate. I mean, we appreciate the sharp cut, but watch who you're talking to. Okay. Because you know what the episode he's talking about, I did propose a five point money ball at the end, at the end of a set, uh, that was something I proposed. So it's not entirely invalid, but still, I don't appreciate it. The one I could get on board with if the lizards want to go back, they weren't all bad ideas, but uh, the one where you said if the ball touches the block, like basically we would have to block cover out of bounds. I think that would just be an exciting play. I'm on board for that one versus like, like you said to the average fan, I blow up the block and it goes out of bounds and you say, Oh, like, why is it his point? Cause that just happened. Like it's hard to follow versus like, I think any block that goes back to your side. Yeah. That's, that's my block. And until you recycle it. Yes. And thank you, Josh. Yes. Okay. But we need to hear from you and Derek, if you're listening, you know what? You got to either apologize or double down on your chirp at me. I will accept either. But no offense sitting like Josh Nickel here. We need a double down chirp on me or an apology. Either will work for this show. Um, but comment be down below. in the comments all week now for this. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, let's hear from you, the listener. If anybody listens to this show, we still don't know if that's the case or not. One thing before we go on with other comments that were sharp cuts, I did want to talk about how we get a, and I don't think it's it's a subtle sharp cut, but it happens every episode. At the end of an episode, if you haven't listened to the end, please do. We do devolve pretty significantly in the end. You know, just kind of fizzles out. That's how things go. Weird stuff happens. I normally ask the guest what they thought of the episode, of the show, that sort of thing. And every time, Josh... Every single time I could not find one example where somebody didn't give us some faux fake lip service where they say how great they think the show is, how much fun they have. It can't be 100 percent. There is no way this show is batting 100 percent on guests having a great time coming on the show. Well, the one that cut me deep was Chris Tao came on the show and he, he was a good guest. And afterwards, he gave us the lip service and he talked about it. But even the next day at practice, Garrett, he doubled down. It's just like, yeah, that was way better. I, I don't want to do passing dimes again. Like, I only want to do sharp cuts. I was like, no, passing dimes is the flagship. It's the interview style one. He's like, no, people don't want to watch that. They want to hear discussions. They want to hear arguments. Like he was so like, he'll never do an interview again. He only wants to do discussions. See, I will take that, though. But that is a sharp cut. <laughs> At you. Yes, hey, yes. Josh, I preferred that show you do with Garrett, not that dumb thing you're doing by yourself. <laughs> yeah, don't ask me to be on that one ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How dare you do that interview style show, Josh? Like, nobody listens to that. Oh, wait, it's exactly the same audience. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Touch bigger. Touch okay. Bigger. Now, this one also a subtle sharp cut. 
from Carrie Gagnon, who has been a huge supporter of the show. Carrie, thank you. We love you for listening. Love you. But we need to hear some more because there was a comment on the Olivier Janini episode where he mentioned that Olivier was helping us step it up, which is, I think, could be well-intentioned, but also a subtle, sharp cut, meaning that Olivier stands head and shoulders above us and is helping us step it up. And we're not there on our, what do you mean? Like we don't all fit in together because we're great together or, you know, he's helping us step like we're, he's better than us. I I don't know how to think about that one, Carrie. I think we maybe need some clarity in the comments below. So Carrie, if you're listening, comment down below and other, anyone else, what does he mean by that? Should, should I be upset? Am I being sensitive, Josh? Well, at least he didn't offer to start his own show because I remember like maybe the first three episodes of Sharp Cuts. Remember how every guest is just like, oh, like now that I see how this works, it's not that hard. I'm going to start my own. I'm going to call it High Line or Setting Butter or whatever the show was. And everybody threatened to do their own thing. But we're still here, Garrett. We're still standing tall. We're the ones doing this. That is true. We can bury everybody else who said or even threatened that because it has not happened yet. And we're still going strong 38 episodes later. And nobody else has a show with a dumb name like Sharp Cuts. I mean, that's a sharp cut, I think, by them actually saying how dumb our name is by saying, oh, I'm going to make it pass like setting butter or something stupid like that. <laughs> Anyways, th- those threats have diminished and nothing's coming from it. So uh, if you're still listening, thank you. But don't if, it, if a show does pop up, don't support it. I don't. don't support it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anybody does, it, you got it. No, bury them completely. Um, I only had one more sharp cut josh so i'm not sure if you have any others there's probably way more that i'm forgetting about but this one was probably the biggest snub that a fan called out and we mentioned it recently but it was you josh burying some guy by saying that stats nerds have trouble holding conversations and this some guy felt incredibly slighted by you and said you didn't have the back of numbers nerds and he felt like you guys were in the same boat there I'm glad they think I can hang with those conversations, but anybody who can like actually collect the data with like, we, we talked about it with Python or R, like anyone who's actually like quite clever, they're, they're like a tier, two tiers above me, Garrett. So I appreciate that they think that I could hang with that group where maybe it's me who can't hold a conversation with them now that I reflect on it. Maybe they're just too advanced. So hold on though. Are you doubling down on the comment <laughs> saying that stats nerds are definitely have trouble holding conversations? I think I told this story, but I was at an analytics conference and the questions kept flying that every time there was like a team person to give a presentation after the presentation, the questions would be from like these data, lack of term nerds being like, how do you get the coach to listen to the information? Hey, I've collected all this data, but we can't get the team to do it. All this stuff like they couldn't get through the barrier of adding the action where they thought they did all the research. They proved it. You know, they got formulas on the wall here. Like they got all this stuff going on where me, I just walk in and like, here's the gap. Here's what we're working on. And everybody just kind of nods their head and we go to work. So I, I just can't relate to having that problem. But like I said, maybe they're just too smart to communicate it to some of these dumb, dumb athletes. All right. Well, I'm going to double down on your comment then, Josh. So stats nerds out there. Josh Nickel took a random comment that I said from a random episode and is showing it to his players. And you can't get your coach to give show you stat, do stats stuff that's actually going to help you. Not nonsense better by this guy. So you need to figure it out. I'm going to double down on that some guy. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how. Maybe that's a really sharp turn of the knife. My bad. OK, Josh. Do we have any other sharp cuts that come to mind here? Because that's a lot of them and not like I don't I don't feel great about it now. Like, damn, we've been rude to significant amount of people. 
I will say with those sharp cuts that come to mind, the guests could always hang. Like as much as we pick on Logan, Logan was still coming. He was yeah. still bringing opinions. Like he didn't, he didn't shrink down or be like, Oh, like the show's stupid. Like I do appreciate the challenge. I think those are all the sharp cuts that I could think of because like I said, there's an emotional attachment to the really good ones that I still feel today. Yeah. I just, I, I think there's a, a few just like subtle comments you'll hear in a few episodes. I know my dad, like buried me a few times, like with some harsh, like father comments, like, you know, he's not proud of me or he, like, he's somebody else is his favorite or like something like that, which is like a real like twist of the knife for sure. On, on several levels though, like there's, there's layers to that. What we've talked about is mostly superficial. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit better about that now. All right. Are we ready to move on? And after that walk down memory lane, I think it's time, Josh, that we transition and call out a few of our favorite. I'll say favorite, but I'm talking best, best guests and some of our worst guests. Now, we'll open this up to the whole history of sharp cuts, but I, mine are all in the last six months um, because some of those are so old and I was terrible. I was probably the worst guest on some of those early shows as we were still getting the groove, you know, the talking wasn't coming smooth. So I'm, I have a bit of a recency bias in mine, but I wonder, are you ready to go and where do we want to start? Best, worst, what are we going to do? I will say to our listeners, these eight names I'm going to put in a poll and I'm going to put it out link in the description, go to that poll and vote to see if you agree or disagree with us on the best or worst guests from sharp cuts. And we will crown a best and worst guest. It will happen. (laughs) Now I feel terrible. Uh, Let's start with worst. Let's, let's go with worst because we already brought up one of them and it's an easy one to move on quickly from. I think. Okay. Well then you go then Josh. Uh, I love him. I've got to work with him a couple times, but Logan Mend, that episode was just so frustrating where, like he said, we talk about like he'd steer the argument this way. You'd say one comment and all of a sudden he'd flip to the other side where as a fence sitter, I was trying to sit on the fence, Garrett. And then there was a few times where I ended up on one end of the spectrum because Logan was just going flip flop, flip flop, flip flop. It was an entertaining episode, but I would have appreciated if he stuck to his guns just a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good question because I also had Logan Mann as one of my, <laughs> my worst worst guests. So that poll's getting smaller by the moment. But but it was a fun episode for sure, made for entertaining content. Absolutely. Now, actually, we'll let you be the judge if it was good content because we haven't gotten <laughs> to that section yet. So again, still not confirmed or denied. <laughs> but it was it was entertaining. But is that what makes a good? guest the best guest i think when you think about your prototypical guest they're entertaining but also consistent right fair so maybe he does belong in the best guest but i'm not going to put him there i'm not going to put no, him but there. he was not consistent at all our most well. inconsistent guest but <laughs> highly entertaining but i think for that reason i would also put him in worst i sure. will i will go next so my, i had two my other worst guest for sheer inconsistencies burying me constantly 
random boat trips interrupting our episodes, I'm going with John May, my biological father. And part of this is a vendetta, I will admit, because earlier in the origins of the show, we voted on best guest and he won. My biological father won that poll. So I'm trying to get him down into the worst guest so we can maybe just end this once and for all. I know it's going to be hotly debated, though, and he's not going to be sorry, Dad. I know he's not going to be excited. He's not listening. What am I talking about? Yeah, this category is rough. I did have a second and believe me, right off the bat, this is the most hypocritical thing I'll ever say on this show. But I was just disappointed because, you know, he's an OUA coach. You know, he's a dad. He works high up in his business. Like he's got a lot going for him where he just couldn't really cut to the core and share everything. But I've heard so many good Steve Delaney stories. He's such a fun guy. I just feel like he couldn't deliver that on the episode. Here I am talking about a guy who like, I can't talk about the national team very often. Like I got to sit on the fence on a few times because I don't want to upset anybody. But like, I, I feel like Steve could have brought it a little bit more, or we need to have like a special pay-per-view episode where like Steve Delaney after dark, where we get some real stories out of that guy. See, it's interesting you bring up Steve because the one episode Steve was on, he was with my biological father, John Mayer. So is it, are we clear that it was Steve who was, you know, being guarded or was it John May taking up some of the airtime? I mean, Maybe we so. will let you decide. And I mean, I know who I would vote for, but uh, I mean, we'll have to see how it all shakes out for sure. So that's the three names who are going to be on the poll. Do we want to add a fourth in just as an honorary worst? I mean, should we add ourselves in there, Josh? That would be incredibly embarrassing if... We win worst guest on our own show. I think we have to. That would be terrible. But I feel like we should give the fans a chance to validate us or bury us completely. It would be very on brand for them to vote us, one of us, the worst guest. Well, I think to be fair, talking about the original poll there where your dad won, I believe second place was this show is garbage. So we do need to get the proper feedback. Yes. The original poll, he was first. This show is garbage was second. So maybe I should add in a sixth option to that one being like, everybody's trapped. No, that, that'll win for sure. No. That's a trump card. No, we got to keep this above board again because we're going for actual good content, which again, we're not sure that we've actually reached that moment. But OK, so those are our worst guests. I mean, as a Canadian, I'm sorry, you three. But as a Sharp Cuts host, I mean suck it up like be better we'll have you all on again to redeem thyselves um okay let's move on to best i feel like we're gonna differ wildly here josh but i guess it's possible that we don't um so i'll start this time so i had two and number one for me was victoria altamar she she was well-spoken. She joked around. She kept with us when we were talking about some of the serious things, had some insights, but also was quick to tell funny stories, to pile on the hypotheticals. And she didn't, she, she threw a few teasers at us, but never buried us completely or checked out of the episode. Was a high quality, high quality guest, Victoria Altamar. We would love to have her back on again. That's a good one. She, she didn't make my top two. I think she'd sit three for me. I, I think maybe a little bit of recency bias, but I think as far as a volleyball discussion show goes on, Eric Simon was great. We covered some serious stuff. He could slip in some jokes. Like I, we, we stayed on topic, but we were informed. Like uh, he shared some stories at the end, some of that Western stuff. I just thought it was, if I was a listener and you two were hosting the show, I would still watch that because I thought it was great content. We, we covered the big pieces. He, he could hang for the intellectual part, but then still talk about, you know, 
punching a water bottle at the end of practice. So uh, I think we covered what we want this show to be like educational, but also entertaining. Well, that's great, Josh, because now is maybe the good, good time to tell you that we're dumping you from Sharp Guts and it's me and Eric <laughs> Simon moving forward. So, I mean, that's all good. now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> OK, yeah. Well, hey, Eric. Great episode. That was our last episode. So uh, if you haven't seen that one, link is also in the description. Check that one out. Uh, we had some fun there for sure. So number my my other kind of best guest nominee um, was Anna Dunswin. I, I think we had a, a blast on that episode and we jumped right into it with her. She had no prep really. And we started talking about volleyball drinking games right away. And it's like broke the ice immediately. Like you're talking about drinking, you're talking about volleyball, you know, okay, now you can really mix it up. We had some talk about some serious things about playing, but then we also made a bunch of great jokes and she was having fun with it. So that was, that was a blast to have her on. I'd love to have her again. Also my two top picks, both women, I'm well aware we need to up update upgrade the gender diversity on this show we are doing our best but again i think tonight is evidence that finding guests is not easy for us to do <laughs> and we are failing on a number of occasions so we're doing our best but thank you those two for excellent episodes we'd love to have you back I'm surprised you went with Anna. I actually, if I need to show my sheet, I will. I had Anna done soon as my, one of my top guests with Eric, because like you said, we jumped right into it. Like I've coached Anna. I've worked with everybody, which is cool to see that side where she's laughing. She's telling us about all these like drinking events all over the country. Like we got to do an East coast stop. Like we, we covered a lot of it. I had a few listeners, like the episode that they got them into sharp cuts was that episode because of the drinking games. We started off hot that episode. Yeah. I thought Anna would like knocked it out of the park. That was a great episode. Josh, what are we doing, man? This is, we've been like on the same page for this entire episode. All the sharp cuts, the best and worst guests, man. Wow. I mean, good for us, by the way. Can we get around? Can we get a hand for us? So I'm going to post those polls um, down below in the in the description. We'll see how many votes we get. If we get more than 10 votes on both of them, I will be happy. Josh, I will be one of the votes and I'm going to send it around to everybody as well and see if we can get uh, some votes on that. So if you're watching, if you're listening, please check that out um, and we'll uh, we'll crown our best and worst guest. <laughs> and the worst guest could be us. I think I don't know what we're going to do. If, should we should we also add ourselves to the best guest poll, Josh? No, that one doesn't feel right. <laughs> I'm willing to take the feedback and the criticism, but to try to boost it and try to be like, hey, tell us that how one great doesn't we feel are. Right. After all this, we put in a poll and we are voted the best and worst guests on Sharp Cats. You're right. That would be incredibly self-indulgent. And I'm incredibly tempted to do it now, Josh, because you've said that. But I will resist. <laughs> okay. So we've come a long way. We've talked about some sharp cuts. We've talked about our nominees for best and worst guests. If we missed any of your best or favorite guests, again, hit us up in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening, I mean, find us on YouTube. We'll check the comments there. I mean, I don't know if there's a great way to comment on the podcast. Is there? I don't think there is. No, they can comment on Instagram if they find like the teaser or if they go back. But I think uh, the only comments you can do on on the podcast would be a, a five star review on Apple and a nice little comment. And uh, Carrie, who you gave a shout out to, has given us a nice one. So, yeah, that, that's the only positive stuff on the podcast. You can be as critical as you want on the YouTube channel. Yeah, shoot. Carrie gave us a five star review and I just called him out for chirping. I say, OK, I mean, I better watch what I'm doing here. But OK, <laughs> so we're moving on to our last little chunk here for this episode. And the goal was to try to revisit some of the moments that were actually good 
on the show, like actually good podcast content. And hey, listen, if you're listening to this and you think, what are you guys talking about? It's all good. Thank you so much. We absolutely love you. But let's be honest between ourselves here. I don't know what percentage we're batting, Josh, but it is not 100%. Some of this stuff is garbage and nobody has told us it's garbage. So that's the problem. We got to try to highlight some of the good things so that we can keep trying to do it more. So I don't know where you want to start, Josh. I got a few things noted, but uh, hey, it's fair game. Is Was any of it good, I guess? I do a few shameful plugs. I mentioned you've been on a clip at practice before. Uh, This was also a clip I did. And it was uh, when we had Brandy Wilkerson on the show and she talked about, you know, going through the Cancun bubble and like very vulnerable, like crying at the pool, like being upset, but how she gets over that and how if like one thing's a little bit different and just talking about like, uh, I think in sport, the process is so overdriven and people use that a lot, but actually hear her process of like, you know, if she just does one little thing extra in training or one little thing that works in a game, then she feels better and then she can keep going. So uh, I thought that was just really good content for anyone who's a volleyball fan or if you're a coach or a player, like that's something you could apply right away. And Brandy's just so joyful and genuine to be around that she was a great guest but that that one specific moment when we got into that stuff i thought it was awesome because i think i i can't speak for you but i'm just looking at her being like wow that's enough to keep you going or like you're losing in in matches you're not making as much money as you want you're all over the world where i'd be like i'd be like so upset where you're just like no keep pounding away keep finding little wins yeah i mean i think it's interesting that you brought up probably one of the rare times on the show we actually ever talked about some of the emotional stuff around our sport, which we talk a lot of technical, we talk a lot of tactical rules, celebrations, chirps, all that. But we rarely talk about like that stuff. And I think that was one occasion where and I don't even know how we got into it, but we ended up talking about the grind and like the toll and that sort of thing and how to deal with it. And yeah, I think you're right. I think that was a pretty nice moment. Now it was deeper into the episode. So I'm unclear how many people actually made it into the episode that far to hear it. If you did, yeah, definitely let us know what you thought of that. Um, because, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear it. It sounds good. I'd love to have Brandy back again as well, just to check in. But, uh, again, we've already discussed how finding guests it's, it's been a challenge for Josh Nickel and Garamay. May. Um, yeah, I, it's funny. You mentioned Steve Delaney as one of the worst guests because I had targeted one of the things he said though, as actual good content. And I'm, I, I'm going to butcher what he said, but he did bring up something that stuck with me was the competitive currency. Was that what it was called? Yes, I think that's what he calls it. I think we rephrased it to like equity within the team. But yeah, it was a very good explanation of how he manages the the moving parts within his team. Yeah, like an, it, competitive currency. If you didn't see the episode, he was talking about like the he was talking about how he was kind of conceptualizing the hierarchy on the team and like who starts, who gets the sets, you know, where are you in the depth chart? How do you fight on? Like, how do you earn that stuff? And actually articulating that to his team, like, hey, when you get subbed in and you bring energy and you make one or two good plays, you don't make mistakes like you earn some competitive currency like you don't pass everybody immediately, but you certainly you know, move the needle and how he's paying attention to that sort of thing. I thought that was an interesting conversation because we rarely ever, like we talk about how that there's a hierarchy and sports teams and stuff like that, but we rarely do I hear people dissecting how that movement actually happens. And I thought it was refreshing to see a coach being like, I'm not going to ignore this. I'm actually going to track this and pay attention to this and see what's happening with my team. So I, I identify that as actual good content. Again, if you disagree, please let us know. But I thought that was a pretty good moment. 
Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I think Steve was on my worst list because I just feel like there was so much left in the tank that maybe ah, if he comes back on. But you want the that juice. episode was awesome. But uh, I feel like he just has more to offer that maybe he held back just a little bit because he's got so many roles, so much going for him that he can't be on here just taking shots at people. I get that, but I feel like he left some in the tank. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we maybe need to get him on without my biological father to censor that and take it to a deep level. Um, yeah, I, I did. Uh, some of the other others were kind of um, spurred on by some of the comments we got from people who were agreeing with us or kind of uh, affirming or noting some of the moments we had in the show. So one that stuck out was we got a comment uh, agreeing with us about our discussion in the Olivier Janini episode. We were talking about storytelling in volleyball and how, you know, that makes things far more interesting and entertaining for people. And I thought we actually got to an interesting discussion where we're each giving perspectives and like showing different sides of that. Whereas Olivier seemed like a real numbers guy and like kind of showing showing a bit of a side of him where he's talking about, yeah, like, you know, it's, uh, you know, the story, but also he's paying attention to the high performance and the tactics and that sort of thing. Whereas I was like, no, I just want to see the characters. I just wanted these, these things. And you were bringing a different perspective as well. So I thought that was actually one of the moments we had in the show where it was like, Hey, this is feels like a panel and we're giving differing perspectives on something that may be valuable to our listeners. Although maybe not. Uh, You be the judge of that. I think for me, when I when I think good content, uh, you mentioned her as one of your top guests, Victoria Altamar, or Altamare, as you kind of introduced her. I, I actually don't know how to say her last name properly, but uh, I laughed so much during that episode when we were talking about like, why do we do this in volleyball, like the cheering and almost like the heckling and stuff. So if you if you're this is like your first episode, you're not really sure what we're talking about or how you feel about the show. If you want to laugh, download the Victoria Altamar or go back on YouTube and watch that one, because we, we got some great examples examples there of just like roof and the ace cheers and all that stuff like that was i laughed so much during that yeah, show the second half of that episode was was nice like you know we often and if you're a long time watcher i think you'll feel this like we often take a bit to warm up in the middle or like you know three three quarter mark of the episode is like our peak we're like doing really well like we're kind of warmed up we've gotten into things and broken down the guest a bit where we can actually get into things i think that was a great example we're like halfway through we were like yeah like why do we do all these things and how all the (laughs) stupid different things we do and how it doesn't make any sense i had noted another um another actual good content moment from that episode where v told the story about we were telling the story about playing in Vancouver and kind of the chirping mentality and like the crowd and that sort of thing. And I was talking about the hug count, I think when they had the hug count marker up and then V brought up uh, how she will never forget going there and being called like Kim Kardashian. I think people were calling her like Kardashian for the massive hoop earrings that she had while she was playing. And uh, I thought, I mean, that stuck out in my mind, but then we had a comment saying, yes, I was there. Watch that game from Lisa Tam who said, yes, I remember those hoop earrings. And I was like, oh gosh, this is just too perfect. (laughs) It completed the circle here. And I mean that, how does that ever happen? Yeah, so many, so many good moments. Uh, I'll give another shout out. I think it, it was a good episode, but I just want to give this person a shout out because like you said, we've struggled to find guests. And I think uh, Sarah Jean did really good. And, and like, she's 
a French speaker through and through at home in school. I think she was really nervous to come on the show. So it was kind of funny, like you're nervous to talk to us, but I thought she was awesome. She had great perspective. It was a little bit more on the serious side, like her and your dad got into some serious conversations about your comfort zone and how you do with performance. But as far as a guest, like being like on the fence, like, Oh, if you really need somebody, I'll do it. But I, I thought her episode was great for somebody who was like a little hesitant to be on the internet talking about volleyball. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's a common thread though. Like the people who like, you know, are unsure often have, a lot of value value there and either they're unsure they don't want to give away their secrets or just like haven't really shared a lot of that stuff and if, if you can unlock that and get it out i think you actually get some some good stuff like when we we're talking with simone facto boutin as well just about some of his stuff and it's like man you know there's so many years of experience and stuff there that you're dealing with that like is locked up in there that you're trying to like crack open and unleash and yeah i agree sarah jean was uh was great. I think she, she, I mean, that was, you're right. It was a serious episode, but she did throw a few sharp cuts at me and my dad, which I did appreciate big time. I had another few that were from comments. So one of them, we got to call out Tim Stubbs commented and said his wife fully endorses the show. So once again, thank you so much, Tim, if you're listening, I mean, good luck with that laundry, man. I mean, hang those things up, get the, I don't know. Do you lose bleach? Is it delicates? Like good luck with that. If I'm speaking at 1.5 times, I mean, you can do this, but uh, <laughs> I had to shout that out. And because like, we don't often get an endorsement endorsement that way. We must've been doing something right. And I don't know what it was, but it was on the Zane Gross and episode where we were talking about the OUA stuff, that battle. So I don't think that was a great, great content. To be honest, we were talking, we were talking about like a grudge match and then we got into, you, you even mentioned it as a sharp cut. You still feel bad about like the third string Ontario team versus, but something we did in that episode got endorsement from Tim Stubbs wife. And I, we cannot ignore that. I think as I think back on that episode, one of the most like genuine belly laughs I've had on the show was when you guys were talking about having a volleyball parent and going to tournaments and you kind of get paraded around or you get introduced to this person and, and and you almost planted it in a way that like Howie would introduce Zane to somebody just so they could tell him how good Howie used to be and stuff like that. Like I thought that was like, because I could just picture these moments happening in a gym where it's just like, hey, like, so it's all oh, your old man back in the day. Like you could really ball out, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Now that you say that though. It makes so much sense. Literally everybody my dad introduced me to as a kid always said, oh, your dad, he was quite the blank back in the day. And it was like, wait a minute, is my dad just introducing me to this guy just so that he can hear him say that about him? Like, am I going to be doing this when I have kids playing volleyball and I meet a parent who I know? Like, maybe. I mean, absolutely. I would be doing that. I don't know if he'll remember this. It wasn't even like a serious conversation, but uh, I used to work for Mike Sleen at Solstice Sport and Pickering. And we had a conversation once where Mike was, he was kind of annoyed that his time was just before the YouTube era. So he wanted to like have video so he could show his kids later on. They're like, yes, I could dunk. Yes. I was like an OUA all-star. Like I could do all these things because he's like, now they don't believe me. And I'm just their dad. And I'm this lame yeah. guy. But if you played in the YouTube era, you can have like evidence to show your kids where Mike's like, I just missed it. I just missed showing my kids how my, my greatness. And now they just think I'm, just boring old dad yeah well no i mean i guess that's what you, you have to do when you came from that era is you have to introduce your kid <laughs> to somebody who's going to vouch for you and but even yes. then it's overwhelming it's like yeah yeah sure old timer like all right, yeah sure back in the day you guys probably played with like a tether ball or like one of the, those white <laughs> school balls like was it really okay come on um so we must have done something right in that episode to earn an endorsement but i'm so glad we did 
I mean, I can't believe we made it this far into the actual good content without commenting that Derek Deadman actually sent us clothing for Dead Man's Beach. I mean, Derek, if you're still listening and not too pissed from what I said earlier, thank you so much for, for the gear. We appreciate it. I mean, I, I, that's something I would have never thought would actually happen on the show is somebody send us stuff. But I mean, now I've got a taste. I mean, we got to we got to get everybody giving us stuff, Josh. I feel bad for not wearing it. That became one of my favorite shirts, actually. It's good gear. I, I love his logo. I, I love what he's doing. We had Alex Onita on the show talking about like just how pristine that cord is. Like we're gonna have to check this out someday. Yeah, we absolutely will. So I mean we did something right there. And then we talked about it a little bit, but we had Eric tell that amazing water bottle story uh about him having a freak out. I've posted a YouTube video of just that story. Um so if you're if you want to hear that one you can check us out. Sharp Cuts Volleyball, it's there. It's the photo of Eric just with his chin up completely his actual school photo. Um, of him with the yes. chin up, his actual team photo. So, yeah, I mean, and I'd heard that story before because it's part of the Western men's team ethos. Right. Because um, I was there with guys who had seen that and whatever. But hearing it again, it was equally funny again hearing it for a third or fourth time. Um, so if you haven't heard that one, uh, definitely check that out. Did the chins up thing last into your era at Western? Like did Phil James kind of hold on to it? Like that was, that was their thing for a few years there. Yeah. I mean, for those who don't know, it's this weird thing where guys would for their like team player photo go chin up, like, like obnoxiously. And one year, one year, I think Eric's was like completely up like this. I have no idea why anybody would actually let them take the photo like that. But in my first and second years, about half the team went chin up. It's a bold move. A bunch of mouth breather goons. Is, or what did you refer to them as? Gronks. Gronks. A bunch of gronks yes. on the squad. Yeah. And in the team photo, too, they always went, and I don't know if you do this on your team photos. Everyone went, yeah, no smile. So in my first year team photo, nobody's smiling except for me. I'm the only guy smiling in our team photo. I think he should smile. I don't know if the serious thing helps, but uh, just quick story on the team photo thing. My first year at George Brown, if you read the program, Garrett, we had three guys who were 6'4", but if you looked at the team photo, there was like a tiered effect where I'm not even convinced one of these guys was 6'4", but in the program, they were all 6'4". <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You got to boost your heights. We had a guy on our team, uh, Craig Dixon. Shout out, Craig. Love you, buddy. He was, I think he was objectively 5'4", like very, very short. And we listed him at 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", all in between. And I mean, everyone's looking around like, oh, who's this giant on Western? And they see number three and it's the, the shortest player on the court, Libero. I mean, always made for some laughs for sure. So that was funny. I mean, we could go on all day, Josh. But the question is, is, is any of it actually good? Hit us up in the comments below. <laughs> let, let us know what you think. We've gone through our sharp cuts. We've gone through our best and worst guests. Again, hit up the poll. We've got to crown them. I don't know who we're going to have on next week, but whoever it is is going to get an earful of who the best and worst <laughs> guests are, uh, if we've even decided it by then. Um, and a run through of some stuff that we thought was actually good content. But we we don't really know, Josh. That's the thing about this show is it's it's always been a bit of an experiment trying to find guests, trying to see what people are interested in. Like that's kind of been the thing with the volleyball community for like 20 years, I feel like. 
even when we had like a, a boost in our ratings, uh, shout out to, to Seymour who actually like shared the episode in his caption. He just like, if you like four guys sitting around talking about volleyball, then I've got a show for you. Like he didn't even hype it up like they did. He thought it was good. It just gave more people a chance to click on it where like he kind of promoted it, but in a way took a shot. Like it was very interesting. I mean, if you're going to shout out sharp cuts, though, that is the way to do it. You've got to shout it out, but then also give us a sharp cut at the same time and say, hey, here's maybe the most mediocre show I've ever seen. I think that's maybe a free caption you can all use when sharing with your friends. Or, I mean, just bury us completely and say, hey, this is the worst show ever with a few shining moments of brilliance sprinkled throughout. (laughs) But even that is maybe being a bit generous. We don't know. You need to let us know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Josh, what's the future of sharp cuts look like? I mean, that was our past. Where are we headed? You know, we always encourage our our listeners and our friends of the show to tell their friends. I can just picture the conversation going, yeah, that show is okay. It's kind of mediocre. But then the person they're telling goes, oh, yeah, I'll decide for myself. And maybe that's how we get these extra clicks. It's like, you know, when like you're on the bus in like high school and somebody's like, oh, this this gum's terrible. And you go, I'll try it. Like you kind of want to like experience it for yourself. Maybe our listeners are like, oh, mediocre. eh? I'll be the judge of that. Yes. Great point, Josh. So anybody out there, if you're sharing this with a friend, family member, teammate, whatever, you need to tell them that this show is okay. You listen to it, but it's okay. Do not tell them that it's good. That will bury us because then they're going to come in expecting it to be good. And it's going to be maybe good. Then their expectations are met. Maybe it's going to be average though. And then they're going to leave. So tell them it's okay. And we got to keep the expectations low. Great point, Josh. I mean, we got to do a lot better here on this show of just getting the name out there, because I think it's pretty clear that, you know, if you don't advertise yourself, if you don't like market yourself, you're not going to get really many new eyeballs on the show. Like it's a pretty closed loop that we've got going on at the moment. So, I mean, that's something we can improve on, but I mean, we both got full-time jobs. Like it's a challenge, man. I mean, you want to grow the show, you want to grow the channel, but, um, it's it's tough. I mean, you've been at the Pass and Dimes for a while now, eh? Oh, April of 2019, maybe? Yeah. I mean, that's a long time. And for Sharp Cuts to just come along and be getting the same numbers that Pass and Dimes. Is, <laughs> Whoa, nobody got, said that. Whoa, that's wait, just got to burn your chaps big time. <laughs> yeah, way to mute off the established audience coming in on this. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, this is how it goes. And we, Josh, we have nobody to ask how it went. So nobody's going to give us some fake lip service about how the episode went for them. Yeah, it, it was okay. And like I said, I'll be lurking in the comments. I think Derek will have some feedback for you. I think uh, Lisa Tam's a loyal listener and tells us how it is. Maybe Carrie will comment again, even though we don't have a Quebec resident on the show. Maybe like Carrie's still tuned in. Who knows? Maybe some other people will comment. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm going to be lurking. I'm going to be double checking. Yeah. Like how many people are still listening? Like, is anybody still listening now that we've made it through what we said we were going to make it through? And the show is just kind of lingering on. I mean, it's this bit of a strategy to try to add some watch time here for somebody who just let it go. We get a little extra watch time there, but it does hurt our percentages. So maybe we should stop. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a tough thing, but I am expecting, I mean, maybe we're going to get a ton of sharp cuts in the comments. People just chirping us for us. All the stuff we talked about here. I don't know. This is the episode to do it. If you've ever been holding back or like you, you, you thought of something, but you didn't put it into writing. This is the episode to hit us up in the comments. Let loose. Yep. We, we can take it maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anything else we want to talk about, Josh. I mean, that's that's kind of the episode. I mean, hopefully we can secure some cool guests in the new year. Like, I mean, gosh, is that going to happen? 
I don't know. Every time I get rejected, it's like nicely like, oh, another time, another time. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if another time's ever going to come, Garrett. Yeah, I mean, listen, we could easily solve that by just planning ahead. But listen, we're on <laughs> guest acquiring hard mode. Like we're going the difficult stream here. We're not trying to just take the traditional path. We got to do this last minute to see how we can do. So, I mean, when we're ready to take it to the next level, I guess things will be there. You really find out who your friends are with these last minute requests and proofs in the pudding. No <laughs> guests this week. <laughs> That is the sharpest cut of the day. All right. Well, I guess we better end the episode. Um, Thanks, nobody, for being with us um, because we have nobody here today. And thank you for listening. If you're still listening, we don't know who that is. Is this actually good content? We don't know. But thank you guys for watching. Hit that five star on the podcast. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, hit us in the comments and the polls. Please let us know your thoughts. We love to hear it. Thanks, Josh. Pleasure as always. And we will see you next time.